Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sake Revolution. This is America's first sake podcast, and I'm your host, John Puma from the Sake Notes. I'm the Reddit and uh, Discord guy, and also the, the sake enthusiast around these parts. And I'm your host, Timothy Sullivan. I'm a sake samurai, sake educator, and the founder of the Urban Sake website. And every week, John and I are here to talk about all things sake and do our best to make it fun and easy to understand. Now, John, I hear a little background noise. It's a little loud tonight, Tim. Why is (laughs) that? Where are we? We are back at Sake Bar Decibel. Ah. Once again. The location of many a drunken... Yes, yes. Many a drunken night and Sake Revolution fans may remember episode 33 back in November when we were here. And it was our uh, first ever on-location episode. And uh, we were doing that to kind of celebrate the opening uh, of limited indoor dining. Uh, You remember we were were in the same spot. It was a very quiet (laughs) decibel that night. We had masks on. We were talking through the masks. We were drinking adjacent to the mess it was a very weird awkward situation and it was a a little scary to be honest because you know we we were so much uncertainty and going out was still a little weird but we're back because we want to celebrate that most of the restrictions in new york have been lifted yes and we've reached 70 percent vaccination rate here in new york which is amazing it's a great great thing things are starting to open up again and we really want to do our best to get out there and support local restaurants and support the sake scene in New York. And that's why we're literally doing an episode from a local restaurant here in New York. (laughs) Here Uh, we are. Exactly. So, uh, Tim, we're going to do something a little off off type, and we're going to start this with a kanpai. I'm down for that. Yes, Chris Johnson would be very proud. (laughs) He would. (laughs) Here is to the recovery of the sake industry in New York and all over the country. Kanpai, John. Kanpai. Cheers. Mm, that's good. That's so, wonderful. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into what we just sipped on in a little bit. Yeah. But first, we have some pressing matters to attend to. <laughs> and that was not at all a pun implying that we're going to do a series about pressing <laughs> methods, but that will probably come at some point. <laughs> I'm, I'm furiously taking notes here. <laughs> Tim, put that, put that notepad down. Stop. What are you doing? Stop. We're also taking this opportunity to launch our Patreon. Yes, we have loved all the support we've gotten from the community, from sake lovers all around the world. And we wanted to let people know that we're offering a new way to help support the Sake Revolution podcast. Right. So so no longer will the best way to support the show be <laughs> putting your review on Apple Podcasts. Although, still do that. We love that. That's yes, wonderful. We love that. Um, however, now the best way will be to, to subscribe to our Patreon. And so, real quick, and I want to make this too much about that, but we're going to be doing two tiers to start with. And the first tier is Sake Enthusiast. And what you're going to get with that is you're going to find out what we're going to be drinking two weeks before the episodes air. And that is if you want to sip along with us. Yes, yes. You can log on to Patreon and with that first level tier, which is $3 per month. And for that, you're going to get access to our Patreon page and we'll be announcing in advance what sakes we'll be enjoying in the upcoming weeks. And you can purchase them in advance and sip along with us when you listen to our podcast when it comes out. And you'll also be supporting our ability to bring this sake knowledge 
<laughs> to you each and every week. Yeah. Um, as we've mentioned in the past, this is a two-man operation. And back when we uh, started playing this whole thing, I didn't realize that you had to pay like hosting fees and um, <laughs> and that, that like editing software costs money. I didn't know any of these things. Uh, so yeah, um, this has been a labor of love and this keeps, keeps that labor going, I think. The other tier is uh, $5 a month and that is the Sake Otaku tier. Mm. And so with that, you get uh, the same foreknowledge of our upcoming episode, uh, Beverages of Choice. Um, but you also will get access to our monthly Zoom happy hour, wherein uh, Tim and I will be there to talk with you about the episodes that aired that month. And we'll be sipping on the uh, the rest of the sake that we uh, opened that month as well. Yeah. And we'll be there live and in person. You can log on. It will on. not be in person. <laughs> live. That's just another tier. We haven't done that one yet. <laughs> We'll be there live on Zoom. Uh-huh. You can come and join us and bring all your sake questions. Enjoy the sake that we've reviewed in the episodes together with us. And generally, just have a really good time. And that's going to be the first Wednesday of every month. That is right, Tim. First Wednesday. Yes. For all the sake otaku out there. <laughs> Um, I can't wait to become a sake otaku. I think you're already a sake otaku. <laughs> okay. uh, I could be wrong. But I think that's the case. Anyway, I think I've described myself as that a couple of times on the show at the intro. Uh, and enthusiast. So I think I just kind of borrowed from my own self-titles for these tier names. Perhaps. Yeah. But I, I think that if you're interested in supporting the work of Sake Revolution, uh, we would really appreciate your support. And thank you so much for your consideration. We look forward to seeing you on Patreon or in our Zoom. Exactly. Now, back to the business at hand. We are at Decibel. We are celebrating, like we've mentioned earlier, we really feel like with a lot of the restrictions being lifted, the fireworks being being shot off the other night, that this is uh, a sign that, that New York is coming out of COVID, We're coming out the other side of this. Yes. And... This is something that we've been hoping for for the past like 16 months, just um, mm. 15 months, 16 months. It feels like an eternity. It does. <laughs> but ever since everything happened, we've had this thing in our head of like, man, when this is over, we're going to go out and we're going to have some drinks and we're going to you know, enjoy ourselves with our friends and, and just get out there. And it, I think it really helped me appreciate how much I like doing that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I don't know yeah. about you, but I'm... I'm a little bit of an introvert. I'm I'm the kind of person that I, I need to recharge by myself. I need to yeah. kind of have some alone time or else I kind of I start to fizzle out a little bit. Yeah. But the whole pandemic really had me just really kind of itching to get out there. All this mm. like pent up energy to go out and see people and to do things and um, and really, you know, and again, like support the places that I love. And really it made me really appreciate these places that I, maybe I took for granted before. We are ready to get out there and celebrate New York coming back and celebrate all the good sake that's available all around the country. So yeah, yeah. Super excited. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. For those of you who have not listened to our previous Decibel episode, maybe we should give a quick introduction to this fabulous sake bar that we're in. Yes, so yes. Decibel has been open for over 20 years. And it was the first sake bar in New York City. And Boniagi is the 
owner of the TIC Group, which is the uh, restaurant chain here in New York City. Many of uh, the most outstanding sake restaurants in the city of New York were opened by Mr. Yagi. And Decibel was one of his first. Now, to set the scene, we are underground. (laughs) We are surrounded by graffitied walls. Mm -hmm. Lots of graffiti, lots of sake labels. Lots of stickers. And it is dark, and it is lit by Japanese lanterns. Mm -hmm. And sake bottles everywhere, people enjoying themselves, drinking sake. It's a little slice of heaven. It's a wonderful place. And I, I think that... I think the thing I mentioned last time, and this is always what I tell people when they say like, oh, what's Decibel like? I'm like, well, there's no place like, there's no place else like Decibel in New York. And there's probably no place in Japan that's exactly like Decibel either. Because I think there's a lot of New Yorkness to it. Mm. Um, But I think that Decibel is what a lot of people in New York think sake bars in Japan might be like. (laughs) Um, In fact, and I I did mention this last time as well, in the, the last episode of the uh, Netflix Marvel series Iron Fist the very last episode the very last like few moments of the episode it's supposed to be a sake bar in Hokkaido and they shot it here Yeah, and it's actually <laughs> the footage actually of Decibel and, and, and I, I've gone back and rewatched that footage and it's hilarious to be like I've sat in that seat <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if you are in New York City or you get to New York City you have to check out Sake Bar Decibel, mm-hmm. the underground destination for late drinking sake nights. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those, those, those are some good nights, Tim. Yes. Some good nights. Yes. We are coming out the other side of this. And I think that from a sake standpoint, the way people appreciate sake had to change a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, we, we couldn't go out to the restaurants and bars like we're at today. We couldn't have that in-person experience. So I think a lot of people were buying sake online or they were getting, I think a lot yes. of little little sake Zooms popped up and people were oh, becoming yeah. members of those. But for me, personally, the, the biggest change was that sake breweries became accessible. Yes. Virtually. Yes. Like they really didn't open themselves up to, to, to doing like virtual tours with people online and stuff like that until until the pandemic happened and they really needed to find new ways to promote and they did. And this was one of the big ways to do it. And it's been so exciting to have that, albeit virtual access to all these Mm. different breweries and to have all of these experiences and, and drink the, drink the sakes alongside the people who made them on this, on a zoom with them. And that's, that was, that became like the highlight of the week or the month for me, depending on like how often they were happening. Yeah. And, the thing that gets me excited is that going forward, we're going to have like a hybrid system where mm. we'll be able to, people are not going to flinch when you say, can we meet on Zoom? Like, uh. can we do the tour on Zoom? It's going to be a thing that people do from now on. And that's great. We can go in person. We can, when we get back to Japan, we can tour and drink in person again. But we're going to have more ways to connect to sake. And that's the silver lining for me. I think so, too. And I do think that having that kind of access, we always talk about when we're getting together as, as people who want to help people explore sake, how do we how do we make more of those moments? How do we make sake feel more approachable? And I think for a lot of people who are just getting introduced to it or maybe were just experiencing it the first couple of times that like, 
oh, you can do this virtual tour and like kind of chill with the guy who made this sake. And it, it, it changes the sake from this unknowable thing mm. to something that is so much more familiar. It's like you'll have that memory of the time that the owner's son took you, took you around the brewery on his iPhone and then sat down and, um, mm. and drank the sake and, and laughed at your jokes and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it's, a, it's a unique experience. I think that something that you and I have gotten to do when we go to Japan, but it's something that the, the vast majority of people who are getting into sake here in the U S never get to experience. Yeah. And that's, and I think that that's, even though it's a virtual experience is so important. And I think that it's, it, it really does that demystification thing so well. Yeah. For anyone who's interested in sake, having the chance to talk to the producer with a qualified translator, it, it's like such a rare opportunity. So I couldn't agree more. I think that going forward, it's going to be a, a great renaissance for sake. Yeah, yeah. I think from a sake standpoint, that is the big, that's the, the silver lining of this horrible thing that occurred is yeah. that now there's this wonderful, wonderful access. And I, I just really think that it's going to turn, it's going to turn a lot of people who are just a little bit interested in sake and the people who get mm. really into sake. Yeah. And don't, don't you also think, John, that there's more of a community as well? Like, uh, people have come together online, and uh, I think that there's more connections mm-hmm. have been built. Yeah. Ironically, when we've been <laughs> sheltering in place at home, yes. there's been more international connections built, and that can only be good yes, for absolutely. for the growth of the industry here. It is. Yeah. Since we've, we've got more than one bottle of sake, spoiler, guys, uh, <laughs> we've got more than one bottle of sake to talk about here, so I think we should probably start in the interest of time. Yeah. I realize this episode's probably going to run a little long, but I think that's okay. So the first sake that we're going to be talking about, and this is the one that we complied with at the opening. Yes. Tim, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. This is a brand called Shichi Ken, and this is their Junmai Ginjo. Uh, the rice milling rate for this one is 57%. Mm-hmm. And the sake rice that they use is called Yume Sansui. I think I've heard of Yume Sansui, but very, very infrequently. Mm. It is not a common strain no, of rice. No. No. Okay, then we have uh, SMV of plus one, mm-hmm. acidity of 1.7. Mm. And this brewery is located in a prefecture called Yamanashi. So, oh, Tim, do you, do you know where Yamanashi is? <laughs> well, having just consulted a map, Yamanashi <laughs> is west of Tokyo. Oh, okay. And the brewery name is Yamanashi Meijo Company. Oh, okay. And They're embracing the prefecture name yes, there. Yes, in their company name. Hmm. So Shichiken is a well-known brand from Yamanashi. And uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and dive into this sake. Yes, let's. All right. So let's give this a smell. So I couldn't help but uh, notice when I opened the bottle... That was the first thing that caught me was the aroma. Yeah. I opened, literally just like opened the bottle. It was, mm. it was still like arm's length for me. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I get a nice floral note. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me a little bit of like that wonderful aroma. Just when you step into a flower shop, you know, that kind of that combination of floral notes. Mm-hmm. Very gentle, light, and maybe a little pineapple note in there as well. Yeah. A little fruity. For me, the I'm noticing the fruit a little bit more mm. than the floral. Yeah, uh, but I, I tend to favor that kind of aroma. 
uh, I tend to not notice uh, flower aromas as much. Yeah. I'm weird that way. Well, I do get the little bit of pineapple, that mm. tropical fruit nose. That's yeah. like right where I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall gentle, right? It's, yes, not, it's not aggressive. Not aggressive. Right. And the alcohol percentage here is 15%. Oh. So this is a really classic Junmai Ginjo sake. Yeah. The, the, uh, they like to say the Ginjo Ka is oh, very present. I'm so proud. <laughs> I love it. I know the words. I just don't always use <laughs> Ginjo Ka is that classic tropical fruity Ginjo aroma. Mm. This is just beautiful. Yeah. I think, I think Ginjo Ka is like my, is like, what do you like in a sake? John? Ginjo Ka, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah. So this is right in our wheelhouse, oh, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mmm. Now, tasting it, it's got nice, fruity, and just a hint of richness, but still relatively light. Mm-hmm. Nice long finish, nice too. Nice long finish, it's, yeah. but, but at the same time, not cloying. It's not, yeah, it's not heavy. No, no, it's light, and it, it's just light and just very present for a while. It's, yeah. guys, this is a really very, like, textbook Junmai Ginjo. In a lot of ways. I think you nailed it there. That is exactly how I would describe it. Just drinkable, lightly fruity, overall soft body, balanced. Yeah. Yummy. 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 Yeah, yummy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to say crushable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> very, very good. Yeah. So what about food pairings for this? I don't, I don't want to mess with it. This is, <laughs> well, thinking, what do you think? What do you think? I think like, that, like what I would be craving with this is like some really delicious summer vegetables, like fresh asparagus, some like uh, asparagus salad would be wonderful with this. Really, you're not you're not worried that the bitterness of the asparagus might be a little much. No, or do you think it's going to complement it nicely. I think it's going to complement it nicely, mm. especially with a vinaigrette. Like All a little right. citrusy vinaigrette, I think would be wonderful. I'll take some notes. Yeah. Just really, really enjoyable. I love this sake. I have not had this in in a long time. And mm. based on my sipping right now, I'm going to say it has been too long. <laughs> <laughs> this sake deserves, uh, deserves to be drunk more. It deserves my attention. Very nice. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yamanashi, huh? Yamanashi. So the only thing I've read about Yamanashi Meijo is that I think at some point in history, when the emperor was traveling from Tokyo to Kyoto, he stopped and stayed overnight at the Yamanashi Meijo Brewery in the past. Oh. Like maybe in the Edo era or something. I was something. about to say. Like which... <laughs> <laughs> Whichever are we talking about? This no, this is a long time ago. <laughs> this was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say the emperor had some good sake on that trip. <laughs> There's some food recommendations here. Okay, what they uh, Tempura, grilled skune, mm. shawanmushi, or dim sum. Hmm. The tempura, they're a little, a little heavier there. With Those are heavier. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it says dry yet fruity, medium bodied with a tangy citrus, apple, radish, toffee, and grassy earth accent finish. I want to focus on the medium body for a moment. What do you yeah. think about that? Mm. 
I, I would say that's true. Mm. We were yeah. talking about it being a little bit light, but it mm. might just be that it's light compared to the the flavor. Yeah. The flavor kind of makes me think heavier sake, but it's not. It's not heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess, yeah, like I guess that, it's, what's the difference if it becomes medium then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've said this many times, but it's all about in, integrated sake. And when the acidity, the alcohol, the sugars, the aroma, the body are all kind of in balance mm-hmm. and work with each other, mm-hmm. that's really the most important thing. And I think this sake has that in spades. It's really well balanced and integrated. There is, there's some harmony happening. Here. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Love it. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Shichi mm. Ken. This is going to be tough to beat. <laughs> so, we have a second sake as well that we're enjoying today. Uh, we are spoiled, Tim. Yes. <laughs> and this second one was a recommendation from the manager here at Decibel, mm-hmm. Cho. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cho-san recommended this wonderful sake we're about to try. And this is from Niigata Prefecture. Ah, you are intimately familiar with Niigata Prefecture. I am. So, John, do you want to give us the stats for this sake? Certainly, Tim. So, this is the Kiminoi brand. Uh, The nickname is the Emperor's Well. Good name. I like that. Uh, This is a Yamaha Junmai. And the rice has been milled down to 65%, and that's a Gohyakuman Goku rice. So this is, this is, with the exception of the Yamaha part, so very Niigata mm. when you look at the sheet. The name of the brewery is, is the same as the brand. It's the Kiminoe Ishizo. And they were founded in 1842. So they've been making sake for quite a while. SMV zero. Yeah. The uh, SMV is zero. And the acidity is 1.6. All right. All right, so we're going to open this one up. Tim, do you want to do the honors? I will. All right. Now, Tim, I did mention this was a Yamaha, and do you want to refresh our listeners on what that means exactly? Well, our listeners could go back and listen to our entire Shubo series for exciting episodes that will have you on the edge of your seats (laughs) about fermentation starters. Yamaha is one of the fermentation starter options that allows for natural lactic acid development. And it tends to lend an earthier and more umami-driven profile to the sake. So whenever you see Yamaha or Kimoto, you may want to think, oh, this could be a little funky. This could be a little earthy. Funky, usually the target term. So we have poured our Yamaha Junmai. We have poured our Yamaha Junmai. And uh, Tim? Kampai. Another kampai. kampai. We get to just do this. This is yeah. great. Oh, that nose is mm. so very earthy. It's ricey too. That this is that Yamaha. Mm. It is not being shy about it. It is, yeah. <laughs> is a stark contrast to the the ginjo that we had tasted prior. There is not a pineapple in sight here. <laughs> no, <laughs> no just a, a bowl of rice. <laughs> this is ricey. But this has depth and richness. Mm. You can study this sake. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. going on. Mm. This is a Yamaha, and it has that. I, I'm I would describe it as a lactic character. Lactic acid 
develops in these Yamahai sakes naturally. Mm -hmm. And I pick up on that in this particular Kiminoi sake. It's just a hint of something uh, lactic, a little bit of uh, dairy, think of butter or cream kind of taste. And it's, it's very subtle. And rice is also very, very prominent. But when you're studying sake and studying Yamahai, I think looking for those lactic notes is really a great way to train your palate. Uh, I don't expose myself to a lot of dairy because I am lactose intolerant. So, so I have to take your word for it on some of this. Uh, yeah. Actually, when I take a heavier sip of this and let it linger in my mouth for a little uh-huh. while, I get the cream and the butter. Mm. Oh, um, good. So... Uh, not not the cheese so much, or maybe maybe a mild cheese that kind of tastes like cream or butter, um, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I do I do understand what you're saying now. Mm. I think when I was just having the small sip, I was just being so bowled over by that rice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The rice is very prominent, and this is a sake. You can serve at many temperatures, right? Mm, that's that's yep. That's exactly Watching how they recommend it. Yep. And the interesting thing is that Niigata is not known for this style. Not at all. Yeah. Niigata is really well known for cleaner, lighter styles, as we've talked about many times. And I think that in the world of Yamahai, this is probably a very gentle treatment of Yamahai. It's not like super in your face. So it's, it's a little bit Niigata in that way. But Niigata in general is not super well known for Yamahai or Kimoto. Yeah, like you mentioned, when I think of Niigata, I think of that light, crisp, a little ricey, but mm. always, you know, gentle. And then, you know, just very, very, very crisp stuff, a little bit dry. Yeah. Um, and this is, is a Yamahai, and it, yeah. and, it's, and it tastes like a Yamahai. It, it's a little light. It's mm-hmm. a little, it's not as aggressive as your usual Yamahai. Mm. You know, I've had I've had Yamahais and Kimotos that are super light and gentle, much more than this. So I think this still delivers on the promise of a Yamahai. If you were purchasing this sake in the hopes of getting that Yamahai experience, I don't think you'd be disappointed. Not at all. No. Yeah. They do also make a Junmai Ginjo version of this, which and I mm. wonder how that would come up because that Ooh. might be that might lean a little bit more Niigata. Yeah. Maybe a little bit lighter, crisper. And maybe the Yamaha note might be a little subdued. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of very fascinated by what that might taste like. I'm very Mm. interested. I want to do that at some point. I like exploring that middle space. Whenever I see like a a Yamaha or a Kimoto that's like a Daikinjo, like I need to try it because I need to know like, like what's that? That's like a, that's a a clashing of two styles. That's, that's, that's what I want to taste. I want to know what that's like. That's, that's going to be this super funky, style on one end and this like super refined style on the other end mm. and combining them it's going to be it's going to make for something very interesting and probably delicious john this has been so much fun hasn't it though it's so good to see you in person it is and no and, masks this time yeah and to share sake across the table it's just wonderful and it's going to be more and more of this and we can't wait to hear from all of our listeners how you're enjoying sake out and about yes uh let's be safe but let's compile in person. All right. Absolutely. So I want to thank you, John, for meeting me tonight and having a wonderful time here at Decibel. And I want to thank all of our listeners so much for tuning in. We really do hope that you're enjoying our show. If you'd like to share your enjoyment of our Sake Revolution podcast, one great way 
to spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, and we really do appreciate that. As we mentioned at the top of the show, the best way to support us now is through our Patreon, and that is over at patreon.com slash sake revolution. Please go and uh, sign up so we can't wait to tell you what sakes we're going to drink two weeks in advance. And then we look also look forward to uh, seeing you guys on our uh, monthly Zoom call and, and drinking with you. Now, another thing that you can do after you're done signing up for Patreon is to subscribe and also to tell your friends and then get your friends to subscribe because subscription means that you get every episode and you don't miss any. And then we have situations where we're talking about Yamaha's and it's like, wait a minute, what episode was that? You already know because you subscribed. You have the episode already. You listen to it. You already know what we did. You know what exactly what sake we drank before we do. Uh, every uh, every week when we publish a new episode, it will show up on your device of choice. You don't have to do anything at all. You just wake up in the morning and there's an episode on your phone. And you won't miss an episode. And you will not miss a single episode. <laughs> and as always, if you'd like to learn more about any of the sakes we tasted in today's episode or any of the fabulous locations we have visited... Be sure to check out our show notes. You can read them at SakeRevolution.com. And if you have sake questions that you need answered, we're here for you. And we also have an email address for you to send those questions. That email address is feedback at SakeRevolution.com. So until next time, please remember to keep drinking sake and come by. Come by.